A life is like a blank sheet of paper that gets written on the moment we're born. I don't believe in fate or destiny, but our decisions influence our path in life. Hi guys, welcome to Cuddle with Cookie. I'm Jingu and I'm here with my cookie baby. The topic we've chosen for today is coping mechanisms. The reason I wanted to talk about this with you all is because everyone experiences emotions and deals with them in different ways. Sometimes we cope in a certain way because we don't know any better or because we are simply used to reacting that way. And patterns can be hard to break. Before we dip our feet into this, let's play Pickety Tuckety. Right now, I can see a bunch of papers on my desk. Just like, just like paper can be crumpled into a ball, we could feel crumpled and defeated sometimes. A life is like a blank sheet of paper that gets written on the moment we're born. I don't believe in fate or destiny. But our decisions influence our path in life. There are so many factors that influence our decisions. Genetics, environment and just so many other things. I won't get into that now. Now, let's talk about coping mechanisms. Our coping mechanisms are the way we react to a certain situation. Sometimes we act on our feelings and sometimes we deal with things in our head. The way we see ourselves and the things we believe about ourselves can affect the way we cope. Actually, there are so many factors, but before we talk about that, let me introduce today's guest speakers. We have my brother Krishna again and my sister Krishna Kritika Kritika Venkatraman. They're both quite emotionally intelligent, in my opinion, and I'm grateful that they've agreed to be vulnerable and talk on the podcast. Side note, Krishna's nickname is Abhi, and my sister's is Q. So that's what I'll be calling them throughout. Hi, Abhi and Q. Thank you for sitting with Cookie and I to chat. Hello. Yeah, okay, let's start the talk what do you think affects the way we cope with things uh cute oh my god you make me make go first okay i don't know how to use a microphone Mm, okay repeat the question what do you think affects the way we cope with things a lot of things i think it depends on the experiences we've had growing up it depends on the context in which we're facing whatever we're facing it depends on the emotional state that we're in it depends on a lot of other things i mean these are seemingly obvious but it's easy to ignore that these things do become integrated
I feel lucky that I have got uh, a minute to think about this because uh, Q was put on the spot. Uh, some things to add f- uh, to what she said, I think would be the resources that are available to you at the present time that you're coping with the event. Um, to add to the experiences that you've had in the past, I think um, the the number of times you have dealt with this experience specifically and whether it's a repetitive issue that you are coping with also i think factors into the way you cope i mean the support system the the support system makes a difference the people in your life the people you choose to keep the people you choose to trust the people whose opinions you choose to consider makes a difference to the way we cope Yeah that's so true. Uh I also think that our own beliefs about ourselves and what we deserve affects the way we cope. Like if we think that we don't deserve love and kindness, then we may resort to harmful coping methods. And also our personalities like if um if we're impulsive people then I guess we're more likely to uh react impulsively and like Q said our environment and our support system is something that could also affect this like watching others around you cope if if for example your parents drink a lot then you may learn that you know um you you may like learn to cope by drinking so i don't know your the way you see uh, the the way others cope that also affects it can i can i counter that can i counter that yeah. so i think it can either work that you know you watch somebody and you model the behavior or you watch somebody that you trust and you do the opposite because it's a role model for what you don't want to do so i think coping how you cope you can have both positively modeled actions as well as negatively modeled actions yeah i agree either way it affects affects the way we cope so yeah okay when you feel sad what are your coping mechanisms usually and is it the same for when you feel other intense emotions like anger or guilt I'll talk about one that is a recent addition to my list of coping mechanisms. It might sound a little weird or immature at the beginning, but I have realized that it is quite effective. Um so um you know, it at its raw form is basically giving lesser amount of importance to something that is not under your control. This works especially for things to do with um external influence basically other people things that you can't control um so what i have learned to do is just have it very clear in my head that if it's just something that i cannot control that i give it less lesser value in a way by um how do i explain it giving it lesser value by telling myself that there's not much i can do about it and 
trying to focus on things that I can control. It might sound like it's me running away from the the issue or whatever I'm coping with. But in a way, when you're coping with something that has that is just giving you pain and isn't something that you can resolve or sort, I think this is a very great and effective way to cope. I don't think there's anything about what you said that's immature or doesn't make sense. It makes sense that you know you separate things into what you can control and what you can't and putting effort into things that are out of your control like the weather. You may have made plans to do something on a certain day and then that gets canceled because of the weather. There's a hurricane. I mean, trying to control that, that's that's not effective. I mean, that's a um a really clear case of an external external uh influence on the situation but usually things are not that clear-cut and then it's more difficult I, I so i just wanted to emphasize that i don't think it's silly or obvious so don't don't sell yourself short in that way for me how do i cope i i think i'm an escapist i think of myself as that if i really had to <laughs> you know i'm not not trying to put a label on it but um i really resort to kind of escaping into something that i can sink my teeth into usually this takes the forms of the, takes the form of an audiobook and i really like to dig into some good mindless fiction usually murder mysteries or just something really silly um and funny yeah the other thing i do that's a good good reminder jingu um is television tv shows my my that's another escape that works really well tv shows that just have some kind of humor in it or have some um content that is interesting to me in some way it doesn't have to necessarily be serious or funny but it can be just you know interesting one way or another that can be a really good way and then the third thing is that kind of to preempt the need to cope i tend to plan travel i tend to i tend to calendar everything um including my fun and social events so i like to preemptively plan out fun things that i'd like to do and put them on my calendar and see you know who's available to come with me or which of those things am i going to do as a solo adventure so all of those things i think really help and um events can look like you know just traveling exploring a new place i can walk in a new place and just soak in the atmosphere for hours but i can also you know enjoy going to a show going to theater or music or dance um those are all my escape strategies or coping mechanisms yeah i've seen that and i guess in seen it in me it, seen it in me seen it in you yes actually in some aspects knowing when to engage and when to not when not to is is kind of healthy in my opinion because 
like for example like um abhi said sometimes the issue is not really in your control and there is no point in dwelling in on it so yeah some of my um some of my coping mechanisms for when i'm sad is um listening to sad songs sleeping um writing like recently i've gotten into a lot of writing um writing my book writing songs poems um and uh eating junk food and one more thing which i've already talked about in a previous episode is self harm and i am working on that but these are some of the things i do uh and for when i feel other intense emotions like anger or guilt i again uh resort to self harm or um doing in yeah past. in the past and doing cathartic things like screaming into a pillow so yeah you should you guys should try um doing cathartic things that really helps me i wanted to add i didn't answer the question about um other types of emotions i think if i've had an overwhelming day the thing that i focus the most on doing is to be intentional about letting that day sit and moving on to the next part of my day um or kind of you know resetting resetting in a in an intentional and active way so um throughout my phd the way i did this was to go to yoga class so i would have my set yoga classes my favorite yoga instructors and um a bunch of people that i could reliably expect would probably also be going to yoga at the same time um either from my lab or elsewhere and it is just so therapeutic the act of getting up walking to yoga class doing the yoga showing up on my mat and then walking back it almost feels like an act of resistance to walk away and i don't know why but krishna is hitting me that is oh we have to feel my name we know your name i don't think yeah we do know your name okay <laughs> uh yeah okay. do you think most of your coping methods are healthy if not what do you think you can do to make it healthier me first yeah okay i mean i'm working on it right everybody is working on it um i think my coping mechanisms now are a lot healthier than they used to be i don't think anything is black or white in that sense so i definitely have many coping mechanisms i think one of my past coping mechanisms used to be to retreat into myself and not engage this is what you were talking about um with my friends i i specifically mean this in the context of friends not family and now i don't do that i actually do reach out to people if i need to talk and if i'm having a bad day instead of just shutting myself off so that used to be a bad bad way to cope um and i think that's that's changing in really trusting 
trusting the friends who have shown up for decades at this point. Um, I'd like to think that the mechanisms that I use at the moment are quite healthy, but I think where I can improve on is use certain other mechanisms like asking for help or spending time with my family or sometimes I tend to be very in my head in a way of in a way kind of daydreaming about what could possibly be the good parts um, because I kind of believe that thinking about positive things makes you happy and makes you feel positive but while it does it also kind of keeps you at cloud nine when you're on the ground uh and yeah i guess those are things that i should at start to resort to where i can uh i don't know look at one coping mechanism as spending time with my family and instead i mean at the, at the moment i try to spend fa- time with my family as a regular thing but maybe i feel like it's time to rely on them for as a coping mechanism at points too because that's something very normal that a lot of people do and that's something i've been quite hesitant to do in the past yeah and that's something that the family does a lot we do cope we do cope a lot by leaning on each other and i think everybody does that from time to time within the family so that is something i've definitely relied on i wanted to mention one more thing which is that for me one other strategy that has helped when i need to cope is to think about what the worst case scenario best case scenario and most realistic scenario or outcome of the situation is and that tends to put things in perspective for me so that's a really good way to shift perspective and then the other thing is uh jingu mentioned that she listens to sad songs to cope with feeling sad sad songs make me really upset they make they have the opposite effect on me so the minute i hear sad music it makes me really upset so i guess we all have like really opposite strategies what about you what is the sad songs yeah what is sad songs do to you i don't like to consider songs to be sad or if they're sad i don't like them in general um anything that's leaning towards sad to me is just more introspective music or more stripped down music rather than sad that's how i would i would put sad music so i mean it definitely has its moments where i would listen to it but i guess i guess it's a combination of things that i would be listening to when i'm uh trying to cope i guess mostly i would try and listen to listen to something upbeat like a i don't know movie score or i don't know some really cool i don't know like high tempo pop music or something um but yeah i mean i i don't like to consider songs to be sad i'd rather call them introspective if they're just purely sad i just don't like them and don't appreciate them i think this is something that me and jingu have it took me a really long time to realize that when jingu is playing sad music and i used to sit here and work from home she's laughing at me and i didn't realize why i would get upset or frustrated and then i realized it's because that the music the 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 minor 
I guess the the minor key music uh, just has this effect on me, and it took me it took me a good month to realize what was happening before I actually said something. Sorry. No, no need to apologize. I mean, I how how were you to know if I didn't communicate that right? I'll, I'll take the apology. <sighs> uh, so about sad music, I think it helps me because I feel less alone and un- I I feel understood. So I think that's why I like sad music. Uh, and like Abhi said, it's more introspective than sad. So, yeah. Um, I would say the first step is to kind of correct uh, an unhealthy coping mechanism is to understand why it's unhealthy and set an intention to work on changing it. Like, if I don't understand that it is unhealthy, why would I ever change it? So... That is the first step, I think. And then it all comes down to practice. You take small steps to get closer to your goal. And that's, yeah, that's it. Um, I also think that our brain gets used to a certain way of reacting. So its automatic response is to, like our automatic response is to cope the way we usually do. And that's why it's hard to break patterns. But again, like I said, it all comes down to practice. We're all learning, we're all practicing. Uh, To add to that point, in a way, our mind and our body are kind of designed with time. Uh, designed in a way that it has completely learned the way you cope and there are ways that you react and think and those form your patterns and I feel like for you to break out of the thoughts and the patterns in a way you need to step out of those same thoughts and patterns in that same one unit that's the brain and get out of it and understand what are those fric- frictional patterns? What are the alternative patterns? And that is something that's incredibly hard because you have only one brain and that, and while you're stepping out of those patterns, those thought patterns and reaction patterns that actually make what is your consciousness, that's something that's incredibly hard because it's almost like a third person that's analyzing you. And that's that's kind of my definition of what therapy is in a nutshell and that's kind of why it helps Uh, not that that's the topic we're talking about but yeah in a way the same way coping mechanisms when you learn to step out of your shoes and see where you're going wrong and where you could be doing better that's where you learn what's right for you what's wrong and what works and what doesn't I actually I do agree that therapy would help uh, but also about the uh, third person thing I think distancing ourselves from our thoughts and emotions would help us to think more rationally and make better decisions because if we if we just 
are consumed by our emotions then we may not be able to think out of out of the box but i think the first step could be to start using language that uh helps you distance yourself from your emotions and thoughts like instead of saying that um i i don't know instead of saying i i am sad you can say that i am feeling sad or if you can say i am having a thought that whatever so using language that helps you distance yourself is could be a first step to thinking more rationally and distancing yourself basically okay I like that a lot. I think that's that's a good observation um in that you know you are not one single thing, you're not one single emotion, you're not one single action and I think acknowledging that that is one specific part of what you're experiencing that has a rich context that shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Okay. Thank you again for chatting with us. We hope you had fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Hey. Abhi Abhi says no and then hey. so we're not going to no, we we, we don't like him. Yeah. yeah. Well, we could just pinch him. Yeah. We could just pinch him. No, we're we're cutting out most of these parts from the episode. We're not cutting anything out. What are you talking about? No, we definitely. We're not cutting any of these things out. Why would we cut them out? Okay. Because you are telling. And the chaos continues. I will end this podcast here. We are very grateful grateful for you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.